they say into everybody's life, a little rain must fall. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Don't know why There's no sun up in the sky Stormy weather Since my man and I ain't together Keeps raining all of the time Oh yeah If you live in Florida in particular and some of the coastal towns in the United States this time of the year you begin to anticipate some stormy weather not the winter kind of weather but the potential hurricane and and tropical storm kind of weather officially hurricane season begins in Florida the beginning of June and ends around November of course storms can come at any time but this is the time of the year that many of us here in Florida begin to think more about preparation and things you would need to do in the event a storm hits. I can remember going through some of these storms in Florida over the many years, but it's also true that there are many storms that come and impact our personal lives. We may have a storm where we're facing health difficulties, storms where you're facing a marriage in trouble, storms where maybe you're unemployed, storms where relationships are broken. All of us go through the storms of life. And today on the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder, want to take a little break from all the news and, and talk about the storms we all face in our lives and, and where we can find help and confidence to get through them. Oftentimes, we can see a hurricane coming. We know that our homes may be in danger's path. We know that we need to do something because inevitably, if the storm should hit, and many times they can, you may be without power. You may be without communications for days, and in some cases I've seen even weeks over the years. You may sustain a tremendous amount of property damage. And, and what do you do with the information you get? Like I say, this time of the year, many Floridians are checking the news and the weather and even the National Hurricane Center to get the latest and greatest on what is occurring. I was looking looking this week and there was a tropical storm that made its way into the Carolinas then I noticed there's some other activity in the Atlantic Ocean heading toward Central America might turn and head back up into the United States we'll know actually as this program is airing over the weekend what will happen to those particular storms if you live in Florida and you're concerned about living without air conditioning and cold bottled water for an extended period, many times people will evacuate and go to a different place to seek shelter. Now, i got to give you a little fun example of how sometimes the best laid plans can go totally awry. This is a true story. 
It was several years ago, not that many years ago, the coast of Florida, the east coast of Florida, was being threatened by a hurricane. And we had family at our home in Florida, and we also had a little place we were staying up in northeast Georgia. So it became a really smart idea to go down to Florida and secure the house and then have a motorcade bringing everybody from Florida up to the mountains of northeast Georgia just in case the hurricane hit and the power is out for extended times. You're not going to have to worry about cooking and air conditioning. Just, you know, come back when when things have settled down. Honestly, I was never worried much about the house because of the type of construction. But being without any utilities could be a hassle for the family members and the pets and everything else that goes on. So everybody got into their vehicles and off the motorcade went up to northeast Georgia. Well, the hurricane hit not far from where we live. And the irony was that there was no damage to the house. The power stayed on. And even in spite of the tropical force to near hurricane strength wind, there was actually little damage of any consequence in our community. And like I say, the power was on. But the one thing we never expected from that storm is how it turned. And it turned into a storm that came inland and right to where we we were staying where we were staying in the mountains of Georgia. Now, the little cabin we were staying in was down a long little dirt logging road. Guess what? Our power went out for days. Our internet was non-existent. And the road ended up being totally blocked where you couldn't get out from trees that had fallen over. It was a, it was a total disaster. We would have been better off staying in Florida and riding out the storm in the house that we were in, which was really more of a secure house to begin with versus where this little cabin was. But it seemed like a good idea at the time. And yeah, we got through it and got in. Everybody couldn't wait to get back to Florida, storm or no storm. But it sometimes shows, even when you think you have a, a plan in place, maybe it doesn't work as well as you think. All of us are going to face storms in life, challenges, things that are not fair, things that are not right. And we need to understand that this world is, well, it's imperfect because of sin. We have disease, we have viruses, we have death because of sin. And today, I just want to talk about getting through the trials and tribulations of your life. I've got some things to share in both these half hours dealing with the the storms that we face in our lives. And I hope that the words that I will be sharing today on the program for somebody out there will be words of encouragement. Many years ago, I want to share this thought. Many years ago, when I was working for Toccoa Falls College, It's a Christian college in Northeast Georgia. And my job there was building up their radio ministry at the time. We had a number of radio stations that the college owned and a satellite network. And 
I had a chance to meet somebody that I had heard about. They actually had a program on the radio station. They were on a number of, she was on a number of radio stations. And she's a missionary, well-known, and she came to the campus of Toccoa Falls College probably late 1980s, maybe early 1990s. I, I can't remember quite for sure. And she was there for a missionary conference, and she was a speaker, and we had her up to the radio station a few times on the campus. And she was a delightful person to meet. And if anybody would have the right to be angry and bitter and showing their fist at God, it was this woman. She was born to missionary parents in Europe, American citizens, but in Europe, and and ended up back in the United States where she attended college and decided when God had put a call on her life to also follow in the steps of her parents into being a missionary. And by the time she was 18, she was already enrolled in a, in a Bible school, and her goal in life was to become a translator of the scripture into foreign languages, including unknown languages. And while she was in college, she met a young man that had similar goals in life to serve the Lord. They ultimately, after a long courtship, they married, and they ended up traveling to South America as missionaries. Now, this is in a part of South America where there's still some, shall we say, in the 1950s, some uncharted regions, per se. And there was a tribe of what were called Alka Indians, there's actually a different name for them now, that had never been reached with the gospel. No, people never went to see them because they had a reputation of violence and anger. In fact, it was later documented they probably had the highest rate of murder of any civilization known to the world. And this woman's husband, his name was Jim, and some others decided to travel in there to reach them with the gospel. Well, their first trip there was no problem. It was their second trip that all six of those missionaries were killed by, by those Indians by being speared to death. Obviously, this woman, now a widow, also with a young child, yeah, she would have plenty of reason to, to be angry, Yes, she wasn't. It was painful, yes. Like many experiences we go through in life, they are painful. They're not easy. She wrote books and continued her work, came back to the States. She even got remarried years later in the 1970s. And that marriage didn't last very long because her husband died in a few years from, from cancer. So... If anybody would be saying, God, why are you doing this to me? Why, what have I done to deserve this? Sometimes we can get into a little self-pity party of all the things that go wrong in our life. I've been there. I know many of you have been there. But even so, she persisted on in serving her Lord and her Savior, Jesus Christ, remarried again, and was married all the way to her death in 2015. 
She lived to be 88 years of age. None of us have the certainty of days in our life. None of us have a guarantee that life is going to be easy. If anything, the Bible says to take up your cross and follow him. Being a Christian doesn't guarantee a perfect and easy life with, you know, just rest and relaxation. Sometimes it has a lot of demands on your life. Those that have ever served in missions or in, in many churches would understand that. Being a Christian is not an easy life. But it's a life that God, by his Holy Spirit, can sustain you if you let him. I can also remember, as I'm thinking right now, as a young child, we used to go to the boat show every year in New York City. It was always held in the wintertime, and it was at one of the big exhibit places. I can't remember which one it was, Madison Square Garden, I believe, or something like that. And as a young child, I'd see these sailboats and these yachts, you know, all on display. And my question would be, could these things survive a hurricane on the ocean? That was just a question I had as a kid because I knew a little bit about hurricanes. I, I happened to have gone through some as a young child in Long Island, not really major or bad. And ironically, I was born the night of a hurricane in 1954, Hurricane Hazel. So hurricanes have always fascinated me. And yeah, I take a very cautious approach to them. But there are times that the seas of life become very turbulent. And I'm reminded of I'm reminded of this gospel song that came out a number of years ago. And I can remember playing it when I was still working in radio at Tacoa Falls College by by Squire Parsons. Now the disciples, you remember they were on a boat. And a storm came up. And briefly, if you know anything about where they were on the Sea of Galilee, these storms could come up very suddenly and very fiercely. I mean, literally, this quiet lake becomes a ravaging sea in, in seconds. And it's a very, that's why most boaters stayed close to shore on the Sea of Galilee, but they were far out. And when the storm hit, their master, Jesus, was asleep unconcerned and the disciples in panic mode pleaded with their with their master and even the the seas and the wind obeyed him one night upon the sea a ship was tossing to and fro breakers dashed on every hand All on board were filled with pride As the mighty billows rolled Then they called upon the one Who the winds and waves controlled When he reaches out his That is the man Winds and waves obey his will When he says to them be still What man is this they all did say 
the master of the sea. storms of life may rage, mighty billows around you roll, he can calm life's troubled sea, as he did in days of old, as upon life's sea you sail, why don't you just trust in him? Who's never ever failed I'm so glad he sails with me He's the master of the sea says to them be what man is this they all did say oh that go and and see obey he's the one who sails with me he's the master of the sea yes he's the one who sails with A song performed by Squire Parsons. He's the the master of the sea. I started today's program with the statement, in everybody's life, a little rain must fall. Sometimes our plans get altered. They get changed radically and dramatically through no fault of our own. The unexpected occurs. Sometimes dealing with these unexpected trials and tribulations that come into our life is not easy to do. And many Christians who have never had difficulty in their life find themselves falling apart, looking for for man's answers, man's ability to rationalize, man's solutions, and, and God is just the afterthought. Yeah, I guess I can pray too, but I'm going to go seek help here or there or elsewhere. One of the biggest problems the church, I think, faces today in many Christians is we don't seek God first in our time of trial. We try to do things for ourselves. There, There's a an expression that's been out there for ages that people almost act like it's in the Bible, but it is not. How many times have you ever heard that phrase, God helps those who help themselves? Guess what? That phrase is totally and absolutely non-biblical and it's unchristian. Totally. It's putting God in second place. Think about it. I will help myself and if I can't do it, then maybe God will do it for me or maybe he might help me. No, we're told to seek he first. Not second, third, or fourth. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things the Gentiles seek. You know, 
having a roof over your head, food, and whatever the necessities of life are, then all those things are added unto you. There's this total misnomer among what I call the cultural Christians today about, you know, this God helps those who help themselves. It sounds really good, like cleanliness is next to godliness, also unscriptural. Maybe we need to take our mind and intellect out of trying to reason and question the things that God does and begin to accept what he does for us by faith. That's what the Bible instructs us to do. Faith is so simple, but we make it so complicated. And there lies one of the biggest faults that we have in our day-to-day life. Doing the things the master has called us to do become the secondary things that we do and not the primary We don't seek him first. We don't seek his guidance in all things. Yet we're instructed to do so. And for many that try to go through the routine of God helps those who help themselves, when when the hurricanes of life hit, when the storms come, come rolling through the plains or even the mountains, we try to figure it out for ourselves and, and we don't talk with our Lord. He becomes the distant last-ditch effort. I know I've shared this on the program before. Maybe some of you that listen only on the weekends have not heard this. Joel Olstein is one of those kind of preachers that preach this happiness and prosperity gospel, which is a non-scriptural message. And, and he made a statement one time that is an anathema. I mean, it is pure heresy. When he said, you know, God is like a spare tire. Huh? God is just the spare tire in the trunk that you can take out if you get a flat and things go wrong. No wonder the church is in such dire straits and trouble when you have that kind of heresy and that kind of stupidity being taught. God is not your spare tire. He's not your backup plan. God is your plan because God has great plans for you. Listen, we have a break coming up we need to take. I've got some more things to share in the next half hour, a little uh, item that I I found from many, many years ago that I, I can't wait to share with you. If you believe in the ministry of Truth to Ponder, visit our website, truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. And you can write us. Our mailing address is truth to ponder at 21 berkshire b-e-r-k-s-h-i-r-e 21 berkshire lane number 263 that's kind of important that's our secure box number 263 and we are in sky valley two words sky valley georgia and the zip code is 30537 real fast 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Jesus went to synagogue. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, Luke 4.16 says, Yeshua, Jesus, went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, and on the Shabbat, the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. Now, it's true. Despite what many Christians believe, Jesus never went to church. He went to synagogue. It was his habit, his tradition, his custom. It was Messiah's own custom. You see, customs or traditions are not bad in themselves. 
There are bad customs, but there are also good ones. And if Messiah had customs and we're to live in imitation of his life, then we also have to have customs, good customs, good habits, holy habits. Habits and customs are real powerful things. You see, what you do once becomes easier to do again. Once you say no to that temptation once, it becomes easier to say no again and again. And pretty soon you've got a godly habit of saying no. All worked into your life to help protect you through all temptations. See, a good life has to be filled with good customs and good habits. The habit of daily prayer, daily time in the word, daily doing of good works, the habit of saying no to temptation or anything else that's questionable, the habit of breaking the ice and sharing the gospel, the habit of not compromising, the habit of carrying the Bible with you, the habit of applying the word to your life every day, the habit of forgiveness and joy, the habit of peace, the habit of faithfulness, the habit of gentleness, the habit of zeal and goodness. So start developing good habits and customs. Let it be said of you and of your time on earth, my friend, that you followed the good, you became good, and you did good all the days of your life, as was your custom. Want more? Ask for Messiah at the pulpit. Now the free gift for you. The mystery hidden for 2,000 years. The mystery of the temple doors better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's real. It's biblical. You'll love it. And Sapphire is your daily spiritual vitamin supply for victorious life in God. So how do you get these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. Call now. You'll be so blessed, but you got to call 1-800-YESHUA, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. I invite you to minister with me and bring the good news back to the people who gave it to you. That's a godly habit. Israel and to the unreached peoples of every tribe and tongue on five continents. You'll be so blessed. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. I'd love to hear from you. The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah Ravinu, our Rabbi. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our program, Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. We do this program Monday through Friday as both a radio program and a podcast. Now, I know that a number of you only hear the program perhaps just once a week on your radio station outlet, and that's fine. I'm glad that you are listening, and I'm very thankful for the stations that are carrying this program even if it is just the weekend edition. If you'd like to find out more about what we are doing here at Truth to Ponder, I want to invite you again to visit our website, which is the word truth, along with the numerical number two and the word ponder.com. That is truth, then the number two, the word ponder.com. Truth2ponder.com. You can find out about this particular program and some of the other ministry work that we're currently doing. A while back, we launched a a satellite channel, and we're praying that this will multiply and and at some point become self-sustaining. The footprint of this particular satellite, it's Galaxy 19. It's free to air. You can watch a bunch of Christian television programs and other things off this satellite with no monthly charge. 
and the systems, you can put one together for around $200 and then never have a monthly bill. There's some ready-made systems, a little bit more expensive. But you'll find on Galaxy 19 a wealth of Christian TV programs, and yes, even a wealth of Christian radio channels, and one of them now is the Truth to Ponder radio channel. Over the days and weeks ahead, I'm going to be doing some changes to upgrade the music. We're still trying to sort out the kind of music we should play. There's some things that I'm hearing in these folders that come up randomly that I'm not all that happy with, but we're going to try to tie it together to have a family-friendly radio station that has some wonderful music that's encouraging, along with programs like this, and I'm prayerfully hoping that others may want to make use of this platform. There are millions of these receivers located in the United States, Canada, even Mexico, and all over the Caribbean. The footprint covers North America and Central America and the Caribbean. And the dishes, they're like about uh, one meter, a little under three feet in diameter, and they're not that hard to put up. You can find out more at the website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. There's a radio tab you can hit, and you'll find out satellite info there. It'll give you everything you need to know about the free-to-air satellite, both TV and radio. It does both, and so you may want to look into that for your home. You might find it edifying especially if you're tired of paying for cable TV and satellite, you know, the regular satellite TV like Dish Network or, or DirecTV. If there's nothing that you really care about and you're looking for Christian programming, th- that might be an alternative for you to, to examine. So I'm just, just passing that along to you from our website, truththenumber2ponder.com. This program is also heard as a podcast. And for a while, we were debating pulling the plug on Spreaker. But for the moment, we're going to keep it. Uh, Several listeners said, listen, there's a reason we like Spreaker. We can download the podcast and we get notified when the new one is up. And so I know that they've been putting some commercials, which is their right to do, prior to the program being played. And there was a couple of times where the advertising may not have been in keeping with the standards and the beliefs of this program. So just so you're aware, it's nothing that I'm doing. It's nothing that I'm getting any benefit from. It's how they pay their way to keep it online. We're also at Anchor, which gives us iTunes and Spotify and other locations as well. And so I I watch the numbers and it's growing. We're also now at Edify Podcast. And Edify is a Christian podcast outlet. And we're thankful to be there, and uh, I pray that it grows there as well. You may want to look for it. And we'll, we'll be doing some updates, hopefully, to the website. I'm just going to mention this before we get back to some of the stuff I need to be talking about. I could use some help in getting the webpage in better shape and some other things. If you have a little time in your hands, let me know. You can write me at bob at truththenumber2ponder.com, bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. We're going to try to grow this ministry as much and as best as we can over the days and the weeks ahead. Now, I want to get back to our program talking about the storms of life. 
I can remember, I want to go back a number of years ago now. It's like 17 years ago, almost. Not quite, but almost 17 years ago. And I'm thinking to myself, where, where did the time go? Literally, where did the time go? It was a typical warm summer in Florida. And hurricane season is beginning to, you know, show some strength that it started picking up a little bit in July. But nothing... Nothing had really hit the United States yet. It looked like it was going to be the first year in a number of years uh, when we would have to be concerning ourselves with hurricanes. Now, as a little quick aside note, I can remember the global warming crowd saying that uh, since 2005 with Katrina, that every year was going to have more and more hurricanes just beating up the United States. And then we had a 10-year hiatus, which means the global warming crowd still hasn't gotten it right. But Hurricanes are a natural uh, phenomena, and I don't believe that global warming or man-made global warming had anything to do with it, because the history for hundreds upon hundreds of years shows that there have been devastating hurricanes that have been forming in the Atlantic uh, since probably the beginning of this world. But 2004 was one of those years when we started having some some activity that looked like it just might, just might hit Florida for the first time in a long time. And it did. We watched this one hurricane coming up through the Atlantic and then it made a turn into the Gulf of Mexico and everybody thought it was gonna go up probably toward Louisiana, maybe Texas, maybe Alabama, maybe the Panhandle. But surprisingly enough, the storm we thought would pass us by to our west, came inland and gained strength to a Category 4 rapidly. It went by our house, thankfully no particular damage to where we live, but we spent a lot of time the week after and the weeks after helping people we knew just south of us that had major damage to their homes. Storms like that, when you see them coming so close, can be rather terrifying. Yet my wife and I went through it and we spent the next almost two weeks helping our neighbors. Little did I know after that hurricane how little time I was gonna have left with my wife. Now I found a message that I preached literally 17 years ago, almost 17 years ago. It was the Sunday after the hurricane and I talk about it and I would never have guessed that exactly four weeks later my wife would be in a coma and I'd lose her shortly thereafter, another storm of life. So I want to take you back. I want to take you back to the 15th of August in the year 2004. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. A reading from Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, beginning at verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? 
my original plan for today was to preach a sermon based upon the sermon hymn that we have today, talking about those that have given their life for the faith. But the events of this past week kind of encourage you to go into a different direction, so to speak. I'm sure we're all honest that many of us spend time during the week by the radios and watching the television sets as we watch this pad that this storm, this tropical cyclone, this hurricane, this hurricane Charlie took. We would watch as it came across the Atlantic Ocean and made a a line for the country of Jamaica and, and in many ways were quite amazed as it took a little jog down and then back up almost avoiding a full impact on Jamaica. Then as it began to make its gradual turn over the most narrow point in the island of Cuba, making its way up the southwest Florida coast. All of us probably sat by our television sets watching the various channels, the news channels. I'm sure that many of you that have cable or satellite watch the weather channel, probably more than you normally would during the course of any given week, trying to get an idea of where this storm is heading. For days we heard that it was going to head to Tampa Bay, scoot somewhere on the outskirts of our particular region here in Sarasota, Florida. For day after day, it took an aim, as we were told, for Tampa Bay. Wait for it to make the curve and gently come up the coast and find its way to Tampa Bay. We heard about storm surge and how all that works and when the tides would be and when to expect landfall. A category one, possibly a category two. Many of us, I'm sure, made our preparations this week for such an event. This is the time that you go out and buy those extra batteries, buy the bottled water, buy the flashlights, the candles, the non-perishable food goods. Many secured their homes as best as they could, taking the patio furniture or whatever things you had outside that could be blown in the wind, taking them indoors. If you had any kind of shutters or, or storm arrangements, you put them into place. Some even made plans to go to other parts of the state to avoid the storm. People decided it would be a good idea to go to Orlando or Arcadia to avoid this storm. And based upon what we knew and understood on Thursday and again on Friday, early in the morning, that's what it seemed to be. But at 3.45 on Friday afternoon, the unexpected occurred. What was not predicted by any of the weather experts and meteorologists and storm trackers, it took a turn. It took a very sudden and very dramatic turn toward southwest Florida coming right up Charlotte Harbor into Charlotte County and they made a beeline up to Arcadia toward Lakeland just to the east side of Lakeland through Orlando and exiting around Daytona Beach leaving a wide swath of destruction in its path. I don't know how many of you have ever lived hurricanes before. Some here probably have. Some have weathered some tropical storms. The only real hurricane I remember as a child occurred in New York, Hurricane Donna in 1960, that actually took a similar track to Hurricane Charlie 
coming across Florida, actually entering around Venice, Florida, so it was a little farther north, came out a little bit differently and, and actually impacted with a 100-mile-wide eye across Long Island, giving extremely high hurricane force winds there back in 1960. But as a child, you don't really fully comprehend or understand. It just seems like a very unique event. The wind, the lights going out, playing Monopoly and doing things to bide your time. And it's almost like camping out indoors with an oil lantern. As you get older, you begin to realize how destructive these, these features of nature can actually be. How many of us have thought about our concrete block homes so common here in Florida, what kind of protection they would provide? Yet a little drive down through Charlotte County yesterday revealed that some of those homes didn't exactly survive. Seeing roofs blown off of buildings, buildings you would think, think would withstand the, the force of of the storm that would rage, literally crushed in upon itself. This fury of nature. But it reminds us of something that I think we as Christians need to keep in the top of our minds more often than we do. How complacent we are in our lives when we don't feel threatened by any external force. Let me say that again. How complacent do we get when we don't have any threat of an external force against us. We go through our lives, day in and day out, just enjoying the fruits of our labor and not realizing that when it's all said and done in the final analysis, stuff doesn't mean a whole lot. When I first arrived early yesterday morning to check on our deacon to make sure they were all right because phone service was down, cell service doesn't work in that area at all, my wife and I traveled down there yesterday morning to see if they were okay. And as I came to their subdivision, looking at the apartment complexes nearby with roofs blown off and industrial buildings just destroyed, and as I entered the neighborhood and saw telephone poles down and all the street signs were missing, you couldn't, unless you knew how to get there, there were no street signs. There were no exits anymore, any no exit signs on the interstate. There were towers that were knocked over and microwave antennas laying on the ground. Those tall lights you see quite often at the intersections on the interstate, those tall, massive light structures all bent over completely like someone came and just twisted them. And to drive in their neighborhood and see some houses that didn't show too much damage and others with entire roof shingles gone and roofs exposed and even some of the plywood missing in great holes in these homes. Garage doors blown into the garage. To see the, the swath of destruction that occurred in a matter of just moments and how fast those things we accumulate in life can suddenly be taken away from us. When Delinda and I walked into their home, there's no front door anymore. It's gone. It's been blown out through the back and then blown back through the house, laying out in the front yard. As we walked in to see if they were there, they were just carefully going through and sweeping. And I said, are you okay? Are you okay? And Hal smiled at me and said, it's only stuff. It's only stuff. It's nice to know that even at this time, which will be difficult for them, that there's still that level of faith. It's only stuff. 
And as he had surveyed the neighborhood around him, he realized just how blessed they were. The storm may have blown through their home, may have disrupted their earthly life, but it has not impacted their spiritual life at all. If anything, they are more encouraged in their faith. And is that not the example for you and I on this day? In our lives, we will face all types of storms. It won't necessarily be a hurricane. It may not be a tornado. It may not be some other activity of nature like an earthquake or something along that line. But we all face various storms and tempests in our lives. Perhaps it's within our own families, illnesses, other setbacks, loss of jobs. Whatever the case may be, we face times of crisis frequently and unexpectedly. How many times have we heard the story about somebody that seemed to be doing so well physically only to find out they were now terminally ill of some kind of a disease? How many times have we thought we had our lives and careers together only to find out the company we work for may be in serious trouble and that job now is in jeopardy? We face crisis in life, but it's how we face crisis in life that really tells the tale. If we truly are followers of Jesus Christ, if we truly trust and obey Him and take Him at His word, we can face whatever storm comes into our lives, whether it be from a force of nature or other forces that it seems that just beat us down. We know that He can sustain us, and He is faithful to sustain us. Oh, in the storms of life, we may lose career, we may lose stuff, we may lose things, but don't lose faith. Don't lose faith. The early apostles gave their lives for this faith, but they had that confidence in Jesus Christ to know that he had conquered death and the grave, and in him they would have the riches of eternal life. One cannot help but be reminded of what Jesus himself said. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where thieves break in, moths rust, or the storms of life that may blow through your living room. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And then he goes on to say, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. In Charlotte County this morning, parts of North Lee County, and even sections of Sarasota County, DeSoto County, Polk County, there are people that have lost a whole lot of material things. Their comfort level is not what it was just 48 hours or so ago. Their lives have been changed. Their lives have been impacted. But those that put their confidence in the things of men, their stuff, so to speak, are the most miserable of all. But those who can have an abiding faith in something greater than their stuff, greater than themselves, will be carried through this process with renewed vigor, renewed strength, and renewed blessing in their lives. My daughter relayed to me last night something that was quite fascinating. She works for Cash and Carry in Venice. 
And they called her in to come in early yesterday morning as they opened quite early because they knew that many from Charlotte County would be traveling northbound toward Venice to find groceries because so many of the stores there were still boarded up and the power was out. And there at 6 o'clock in the morning, the store was just packed with people looking for items to, to get by. And she would hear people come through the line saying, those that live locally in Venice, oh, we were so fortunate the storm did not hurt us. We only had minimal damage. We just have a few limbs down on trees or, or things blown around the house. And then there were these couples that would come in. You could tell not having, having had a chance to shower or properly bathe in 24 hours, looking a little bit disheveled, coming and looking for the basics of life and hearing that they had lost everything. Homes uninhabitable, not knowing where they were going to go next. And she said as she took her lunch, lunch hour yesterday at noon, she could do nothing more than weep for them. As she heard their stories, one after the other. But she said there were still those that came to the line, still those that came to the line, that had lost everything, that had a smile on their face, who would say, just material stuff. We got each other, we had this, and they considered themselves, even having, having lost entire homes, blessed. Blessed. Is that not the attitude that we as Christians should have? Should we not invest our treasures in things that are greater than the material things of this earth? For those that know Jesus Christ, and even in a time of peril, you can be reassured of the words recorded by St. Paul in Philippians. For my God is able to supply your need according to the abundance found in Christ Jesus. So here on this day that we pray for those that have suffered loss and think of those that even we know that will need help in the days to come. Let us renew our faith and recognize that, that our God is the God that can, that can calm the wind and the storm. He is greater than those winds and storms. This morning, if you were sitting in the church prior to the service, you heard some music being played. I asked Kristen to, to play a certain melody, and maybe a few of you recognized it. A lot of you probably didn't. But let me read the words of the hymn that she played just a few moments ago at the beginning of our service. In the dark of the midnight have I oft hid my face, while the storm howl above me, and there is no hiding place. Mid the crash of the thunder, precious Lord, hear my cry. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. In the dark of the midnight have I Hid my face while the storms howl above me, and there's no hiding place. Mid the crash of the thunder, precious Lord, hear my cry, keep me safe till the storm. Passes by 
the storm passes over Till the thunder sounds no more Till the clouds roll forever from the sky Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand Keep me safe till the storm passes by Many times Satan whispered There is no use to try For there's no rendition of that song by the Gaither Vocal Band. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. All of us go through our storms in our life. It's not always smooth sailing. It's not always sunny weather with just a gentle breeze. Sometimes the winds will howl. The clouds are dark. And you can feel the danger all around. I look back over my life and I think of all the storms that I've been through and how God has gotten me through. And he can do the same for you. Even even when it all seemed hopeless and lost and there was no way to win or survive, even then, even at those times, you find out just how powerful your God can be if you place yourself in his loving hands. We don't always get what we want. That was an old song from years ago. You can't always get what you want. But there are times that we go through things that we don't think we can ever manage. But God will get us through. I think of many people that I've known, like when my grandmother faced the loss of my grandfather and she's in her 90s. It was, you expect it at that age, but it still doesn't make it any easier. 
I've lost a spouse. I know many of you have suffered tremendous loss in your life, the death of a loved one, maybe a child, maybe a parent too young, maybe the loss of a job, the loss of a home, maybe a disease or an illness or an injury that that has altered your life forever. And you wonder, how do I keep on keeping on? It's oftentimes not easy, but it is possible. On the night in which Jesus Christ was betrayed, when he went out to the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, Father, this cup can pass from me, but he knew that it couldn't. And he went willingly like a lamb to the slaughter, beaten, smitten, whipped, and bought before Pilate and ultimately, ultimately crucified. He had the power to call 10,000 angels to his side to put a stop to it, but he didn't. He suffered on the cross so you and I and all mankind could be redeemed by the work at Calvary he did for you and I to pay our sin debt. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Not just in, but believe on. There's a little subtle difference that a lot of us miss from the English language. What does it really mean to believe on versus believe in? And if you've heard me say this before, you know, I apologize, but I believe many are hearing this program for the first time. Simply put, I can believe in an airline company. I can believe that somewhere, even though I can't see it, there are jets flying above my head. So I can believe in an airliner. But when you go to the airport and put yourself inside of that jet, now you're truly believing on that airline because you are believing on them to get you from point A to point B. And that's what it comes down to for many Christians. We, we can speak these words, we know the right things to say culturally and otherwise, but we never, we never really put our faith on him. We kind of believe in him, but we never yield completely over to him. Maybe today's your day. Do you believe in the ministry of Truth to Ponder? Let me know. You can contact us via the website, or you can email me at bob at truth2ponder.com, bob at truth2ponder.com. Our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. This has been Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.